Hey friends, this is Pastor Rachel from The Gathering Place, Centro Cristiano in Liberal, Kansas, and I am so glad you are here with us today. Today's teaching is from our Sunday service at The Gathering, where we meet up for a time of learning and fellowship in community. You're welcome to join us every Sunday. We're at The Gathering Place, Centro Cristiano, 619 West 8th Street, right here in Liberal, Kansas. Doors open at 10.30 a.m. In the meantime, enjoy today's podcast. You are sure to be blessed. And so we're going to talk in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 23 this morning. If you'll just open your Bibles with me or open your tablets, whatever it is that you have this morning. But I want us to, to, to read into this because the, the truth is, is that it's something so, oh, let's get the right translation. It's something so powerful, but it's something so heavy this morning, okay? So I want us to, it's a word of the Lord that had come to Jeremiah and there had been, I want you to know that Jeremiah, right, we know that it's the longest book, a prophetic book, right? So he's one of the major prophets simply because his book is, one of the, is, is the largest prophetic book that we have in our Bible or in our canon of scripture. And so I want us to understand that um, he had, you know, a lot of times he, the word that he brought was not, a, was not like a, a nice and, and, and happy word. He brought a lot of word of judgment. He brought a lot of, of, of prophetic words of just... Um, you know, you guys did this to yourself and this is the wrath of God. And he brought a lot of those things, but he also brought words of promise because we know that God is a just God. He's a God that is faithful in giving out justice, but he is also a merciful God. And you want to know those two things about God. You don't want to just say God is a just God because we want to do that sometimes when we say, you know what? No, oh, God's going to get his. He's a just God. Yeah, but turn around and look, he's a just God and he's going to be just to me. How am I behaving, right? And so we also want to know that side of God that's a merciful God. That's a God that's forgiving. That, a, that is a God that's loving. That is a God that is, is just ever faithful. But he's both of those things. And so what we're seeing in this, on this time, you know, in, in this portion of the book of Jeremiah, is we're seeing God's justice and his wrath being dealt out. And there's been so many people that'll say, you know, oh man, you know, how can a just God, how can a good God do these things to people? Well, because he is a good God, but he is also a holy God. And he is also a God that demands truth, faithfulness. What is one of the commandments? That shall not have any other gods before me. So he is a God that is jealous for us just us not me and many others as your gods just one god and so it's important for us to know all of these different facets of who god is and when we learn these things and when we get to know these things about who god is then we begin to see a complete a, a completer picture although we'll only see on this side of heaven we're only going to see by what our mind our human mind will allow us to understand and what the spiritual revelation will give us. We cannot see beyond that. But how many of us know that God's not human? And we know that. So how could we completely understand something that's so far out of our reality? So we'll never truly understand all things. But if you want to get to know who God is, get into, his, into the scriptures. Read the Bible. Listen. Learn. Don't take somebody else's word for it but learn what's in the scripture for yourself 
And that's important. That's what that's very important for us here at, at, at in this community is that we learn what the word of God means to us, what the word of God means to the people that he first spoke these words to. What does it mean? And the context is very, very, very important. And so in light of the context this morning, I want to give us just a little bit of an idea of what was going on. Jeremiah, he had given a word, all right? He had promised, or no, I'm sorry. He had given a word um, of God to the people. Uh, And I'm going to tell you this. Most people would agree that leaders should possess good character and good qualities. And often when leaders fail morally, their followers rationalize, well, if they... Well, if they can do that, then perhaps so can I. The leaders do it. So leaders must not lead only by words, but leaders must lead by example. Through Jeremiah, God promised that one day he would give his people a trustworthy and righteous ruler. And we know that the trustworthy and righteous ruler that Jeremiah was speaking of was Jesus. I talked to a girl this week and she was just getting into reading the scriptures and she's like, I'm trying to read the whole Bible. She's like, I'm going to commit myself to do this faithfully and I want to read the whole scripture through. But sometimes I have such a hard time understanding what it says. And, and so as we were talking, I was like, it's, that's going to happen to all of us. I'm like, it's, it's going to happen because it's not something that you can just check off your list like a to do like, oh, yeah, read the Bible this year. It needs to be something that you sit with, that you get to understand, that you ask the spirit for discernment, that you ask for God to give you the wisdom and understanding that when you read something, that you could understand what it says and that it becomes real in your life. I was like, so sometimes that's going to take longer than a year for the most part. And the reality is going to take you probably the rest of your life. And I was like, so you just need to take it slow. It's good that you've got a guideline for the whole year, but I told her you need to take it with just what you can understand for today and let God reveal it to you and then keep going. And as I was talking to her about this, I was said, but I want to tell you one truth. You're going to find the story of Jesus in every single one of those books. As you go and continue through them, the Old Testament, she says, whoa, the Old Testament, it's pretty, like, it's pretty dense. And I said, yeah, but do you want to know something? Through it all, you can see God's character. Throughout the entire scripture, the, the hard part, the one that's real difficult to understand, I said, Jesus is in there. He's in there. You just have to give yourself that space to be able to have it revealed through the spirit where he's at, right? And it's not like he's hiding. He's there. But sometimes the revelation comes to us slowly. And as I was sharing that with her, I wanted to share it with you because I want you to know that when we're going to speak today in the verses that we're going to speak, it's talking about Jesus, about the one that was coming. And we're going to see that clear as day. But what happened prior to all of this was that Jeremiah had spoken some words to Judah's king, Zedekiah. He had asked Jeremiah to pray for God's deliverance. That's what happens in chapter 21. But Jeremiah replied that God would use Babylon to judge Judah. The people could surrender and live or remain in the city and die. And the prophet warned Judah's officials to rule justly, lest God sweep them away. Jeremiah encouraged Judah's royal house to follow God and to follow his ways. That's what happens in chapter 22. That obedience would bring blessings, but disobedience, that was going to bring ruin. Judah's fall would astonish many nations. In chapter 22, we see that Judah's king, Shalom, was also known as Jehoaz, would die in Egypt and he would never return. King Joachim 
who received a word of judgment in chapter 22, 13 to 23, his beautiful palace illustrated how he thought only of himself, unlike his father Josiah, who lived and followed God's ways. Jehoiakim would experience a shameful burial since he never had followed God's commands in the first place. Jeremiah also pronounced judgment against Jehoiakim's son, Coniah, also known as Jehoiakim, in chapter 22, and he would never return back from, his, from exile. So Judah's rulers, which is Israel's rulers, were like shepherds who had destroyed and scattered God's flock. False prophets and evil priests led the people astray. Jeremiah compared these false prophets to the prophets of Baal a few generations earlier. He also described them in terms of the wicked city Sodom and warned the people not to heed their words. These ungodly preachers spoke their own minds and falsely promised peace. The Lord stood against them because they did not speak his word. And the Lord, Jeremiah, the Lord showed Jeremiah two baskets of figs, one good basket and one that was rotten. God compared the two figs. If you want to read that story, you can read it in Jeremiah 24, verse 1 through 10. God compared the, the, the good figs to the exiles in Babylon, who he would one day bring back home. However, the bad figs, they represented Zedekiah and his supporters, whom the Lord promised to judge. So at the end of the day, what was happening? There was people that were raising themselves up, and they were saying, no. I know Jeremiah is saying all this stuff about how this exile is going to last 70 years. I know that, that there's just, you know, there's so much condemnation that seems to be coming out of the mouth of Jeremiah. But let me tell you, God says you're going to be delivered. You're going to get double for your trouble. God says that whatever you ask in his name, he's going to give you. God says, and they kept saying these things. And God finally had enough. So he speaks a word to Jeremiah and he says, tell them to stop that this has happened to the people because they have let their leaders lead them astray. This has happened because they had plenty of opportunities to obey the commands and they chose not to. This has happened because the ones that they wanted to be their king and they looked up to them and instead of seeking God for themselves, they just looked to the king to tell them where to go and, to, and what to do. And that king, he was just concerned about his own palace. And that king, he was a bad king from the get-go. And they never saw those things because all they were worried about was the title. Well, he's the king. He must want what's good for us. And sometimes we can get caught up in that, right? We can get caught up in like, well, they must know. I look at that for my own life, guys. I've learned that in a, as it, it's being a pastor for these couple of years, I've learned that, you know what? I have a lot of shortcomings, a lot of failures, and a lot of things that I look to you and I say, you know what? Don't look to me. Look to God. Let him direct your life. But there's also a word of heed for me to do what's right in the eyes of God because I have people that are also expecting a word, expecting encouragement, expecting truth. And so Jeremiah was talking these words and giving this, um, this prophecy that, to be honest with you, is a really hard one to go through. But we're going to do it this morning, okay? So let's look in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 1. And we read it in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And it says, Woe to the shepherds who are destroying and scattering the sheep of my pasture, declares the Lord. 
Therefore, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says to the shepherds who tend my people, because you have scattered my flock and driven them away and have not bestowed care upon them. I will bestow punishment on you for the evil that you have done, declares the Lord. I myself will gather the remnant of my flock out of all the countries where I have driven them and will bring them back to their pasture where they will be fruitful and increase in number. I will place shepherds over them who will tend them and they will no longer be afraid or terrified, nor will any be missing, declares the Lord. First four verses, what is the talent talking to us about? The kings that I had just spoken to you about a few minutes ago, these guys were just, they were selfish kings. They were only concerned about themselves and because of them, Judah was in exile. Because of them, Israel went into exile. And when we think about exile, what happened? It's not like just somebody came over and they just enslaved them right here in their hometown. Back in these days, we know just as in some days in some places now, people's identity was tied to their land. I talked to a woman the other day and she said, you know what, I live on a fifth generation farm. She's like, my great, 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 great grandparents had this farm and she was talking about it and, and she was like, it's, it's part of my heritage. It's part of who I am. And that's exactly the way it was in those times, in, those, in, in, the, in the Bible as we see in those areas, that's exactly what it was. Their identity was tied to their land. That's why when you read the scriptures and you see, oh, this is the land of our fathers. This is the land of our fathers, right? They talk about that a lot because their identity was found in that. Well, imagine then the Babylonians come and Jeremiah is telling them, you should go into the exile, but don't worry, God's going to bring you back. And this is a sad thing that has happened to them. Why? Because they were plucked out of their hometown and they were dispersed all around. And this happened because time after time after time, word had been brought to the kings for them to repent, for them to lead the people in the way that they should go. And they refused to do that. And so God is telling them, it's your fault that these people are scattered, that their, their homeland, the land of their fathers is gone. Their identity in essence out the window because you had an opportunity to say what was right and you chose instead to worry simply about yourself and your influence. Remember I said each one of us has a certain amount of influence and certainly we do. And leaders that are in position of, of right here in pastorship or leaders that are in position in, in, in other higher places, they have a great responsibility. But as sheep, we also have a responsibility. And as followers, we also have to have responsibility of verifying, verifying, verifying. I love the TikToks that sometimes I see whenever people have this great new trend that comes out, right? And it's like, um, this is what, or this tastes like exactly this. Then you have other people that are like, I'm going to see. Let me show you this. They said that this tastes just like this. I'm going to mix it myself and I'll tell you the truth. Then you have other people, right? They're like, well, they say that this works. Let's see if it works. I love to watch those things because they're taking the word not at face value, but I'm going to prove it for myself and I'm going to bring you along with me. And that's good. Because we should test all of these words and all of these theories. We should not be people who are led astray just simply because it seems like that is exactly what I want to hear. There's countless leaders that are that way nowadays. Let us make sure that we're not one of those. Let us make sure that we're not just the ones speaking only the good things. I heard one guy give a, 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 a statement one day, they were doing an interview, and he said, there is enough people talking about, you know, the judgment and about terrible things. 
I'm going to concentrate on only talking about God's love and his mercy. And that sounds good, right? Because who doesn't want to be showered with love and mercy? But that's not the truth of just everything. Remember I said there's the justice of God and the mercy of God, but those things encompass one complete being. So you get the good and you get the better. All in one. And so it's important for us to learn to discern these things for ourselves. It's important for us to, to, to learn these things and not just get led astray. These guys, you know, had been led astray and they had been given opportunity, but they had not turned their hearts towards God. They chose to live disobediently. And because of that, they were also exiled. But God was telling the leaders, you guys led them there. So what does he say? He says, I myself will then gather them because that's just the way God is. He brings judgment, but he also brings restoration. He never exiles you and banishes you without a way back. Do we understand that? He never punishes us without providing a way back. We sang the song, This is Amazing Grace, that he would take my place, my sin, my shortcomings, my failings. And he took them to the cross and he bore them for me. And that is exactly what, he's, what Jeremiah is talking about, what the word of the Lord had come. And it had said that to us. It said what? He says, I, will, I myself will gather the remnant of my flock out of all the countries where I have driven them. And I will bring them back to their pasture where they will be fruitful and increase in number. What was their pasture? I'm going to restore them back to their land because this is their land. And I'm going to bring them back where you guys failed. You guys beca- let this land become your land. You guys let this just you know, be about you. And now they're scattered and they've lost their identity. But I'm going to restore their identity. I'm going to restore them and bring them back. Not you guys, because you guys have proven to be unfaithful kings. But the one true living king, the king of kings, the Lord of lords, he's saying, I am going to bring them back to me. And what does he say? Let's keep on going. He says, I will gather the remnant of my flock out of the countries where I have driven them. And I will bring them back to their pasture where they, have, where they will be fruitful and increase in number. I will place shepherds over them who will tend them and they will no longer be afraid or terrified, nor will any be missing, declares the Lord. The day is coming, declares the Lord, when I will rise up for David, a righteous branch, a king who will reign wisely and do what is just and right in the land. In his days, Judah will be saved and Israel will live in safety. This is the name by which he will be called the Lord our righteous Savior. Who's he talking about there? Jesus. He's saying that's what's coming. See, I'm going to create and I'm going to provide a way to bring them back. I scattered them because of their disobedience, but then I also provided a way for them to have restoration. I provided a way for them to come back and reconcile themselves with me. And that is Jesus Christ. Do you see that? And he was making this promise to them saying, days are coming when I'm going to fulfill my promises because we see a just God that had to, had to dish out his justice, but we also saw a merciful God that said, I'm going to provide a way for you to be saved. I'm going to provide a way for you to be restored. I'm going to provide a way for you to grow, to flourish, and to be what I have called you to be. 
That's how loving our God is. Do you see that in scripture? That's why I tell you, do you want to get to know who God is? And not just be told a story about who somebody else experienced God to be? Then you have to receive this for yourself. This has to be your your truth. And that's what's so important for us to see because he says the name by which he will be called the Lord, our righteous savior. He's talking about Jesus. And he says, so then the days are coming, declares the Lord, when people will no longer say as surely as the Lord lives who brought the Israelites up out of Egypt, but they will say as surely as the Lord lives who brought the descendants of Israel up out of the land of the north and out of the countries where he had banished them, they will live in their own he will restore us we come broken because that's what sin does disobedience breaks us sin destroys us but God provides a way through Jesus Christ to restore us sin it'll break up a family It'll break up a marriage. It'll break up a relationship between parents. Sin can cause us to lose everything, even financially. Sin can do all of those things. And if we could fix all those things, guys, I'm sure that we would be like, in, the, in, in, in a moment, we would be like, done. We fixed it. It's over. But it doesn't get fixed like that, does it? Loss, destroyed relationships destroyed sense of self it doesn't just magically reappear and everything's fixed you have to do the work but you don't have to do it alone you do it through Jesus Christ who strengthens you who gives you the path to restoration who gives you the path to renewal who brings you back to your identity who he created you and I to be Amen. amen because that's how good God is Is he a just God? Do we have to suffer the consequences of our disobedience? Absolutely we do. But is there a way forward? Always. Through Jesus Christ. And he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. And so this morning, I'm going to ask for you to just take a moment. And we're just going to be in this space to say, Father, I don't know. I don't know what your situation is, but I know what my broken pieces are. And I know the things that I may have just been disobedient in and have not surrendered to God. But I want you to know that today there is a way. And that way is through Jesus Christ. And I'm going to do that for myself, but I want you to do it for yourself this morning as well. So bow your heads with me this morning. And I want you to just take a moment And I'm going to ask for you to just be silent and let the Holy Spirit bring into your mind and into your heart the places that maybe you have been led astray, the the, 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 the times when you have just chosen the easy road instead of getting, getting to know God's voice. And whatever that is, I want you to surrender it this morning. And I just want you to give it up to him because the way has been provided for you. The way to a better future, the way to a better life, the way to an abundant life in Jesus Christ has been provided to you, but it's through Jesus Christ. 
So this morning, I'm going to ask that you take a moment and just let those things come to mind. Father God, we thank you so much for your presence. And we thank you so much for your word this morning. We thank you for providing a way for us through the cross. And Father, I pray this morning that as we surrender ourselves completely to you, and as we turn away from the influences of our lives that have led us astray, I pray, Father God, that you give us the strength. I pray that you give us the courage to seek your way out this morning. Sometimes we're, we need courage because we're afraid of what's going to change within us. We're afraid of what's going to happen when we surrender completely. But this morning your spirit says there's, there's no need to be afraid because fear is not of the Lord. That we are safe in your loving arms. That you will bring us back to our pastures, to our place of comfort, to our place of rest. Because that's the kind of God that you are. A just God, but a merciful one as well. I thank you so much for your presence in this place. And as we worship you this morning, we thank you so much for the cross. Because the cross is our way to you. And we thank you for providing that way. In Jesus' name. You have listened to our weekly message recorded at The Gathering Place, 619 West 8th Street in Liberal, Kansas, where we gather together every Sunday at 11 a.m. for a time of fellowship and worship. If this or any other message has been a blessing to you, please reach out to us today by calling 620-626-8282. And remember, you can always visit us every Sunday at The Gathering Place. Also, consider subscribing and sharing this message with a friend. The world needs to hear the good Good news of Jesus Christ, so don't let this message stop with you. Blessings, friends, and until next time, adios.